You're listening to Comedy Central. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Please welcome DeRay McKesson. Good to be welcome back. back to the show. Yeah, it's good to be back. This is crazy because you're one of the few people who has been on the show twice. You look older. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take uh, distinguished, I think I would prefer. Oh, yeah. uh, you're also one of the few people who's worn the exact same outfits. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Like, I gave you one last time as a gift. Do you still yeah, have it? I do, but I don't wear it all the time. Tell me. No, no, no. You know, you know what's great? Like, honestly, I, like, I didn't know many of the stories behind, behind the why. Many people know you, DeRay. They go, oh, blue vest, DeRay. We know the vest. We know the vest. I've seen this vest. I saw it when it looked new. I see it when it looks like now. <laughs> I just watched it. But, but, the, but the story in the book about the why really touched me. Why do you wear that vest, and why do you keep that exact same vest? Yeah, people forget that we were in the street in Ferguson for 400 days, you know? So if you ever saw us marching, it wasn't that we thought marching was cool. It was, it was illegal to stand still in August, September, and October 2014. If we sit still for more than five seconds, we were arrested. And I think about the vest. We were there for so long that it got cold, and I needed something that would keep me warm, and this kept me warm. If it got too cold, I put a hoodie on under it, and that right. was good. And I keep wearing it because it reminds me that that stuff was real. You know, like, I had this vest on when I was tear gassed, when I was shot at with, uh, with rubber bullets, like, when I hit under my steering wheel, all those things. And this keeps me, like, grounded in the fact that that stuff happened to me. Right. When you, when you look at that journey and we look at the book, On the Other Side of Freedom, The Case for Hope, yeah. do you feel like you're hopeful about America's trajectory? Yeah, yeah. I think about hope as a belief that our tomorrows can be better than our today's. And I think about hope as like real work, not hope is magic. Right. And I am hopeful. My faith wavers a little bit. Faith is about certainty. And like sometimes I'm not certain we're going to win. But do <laughs> I think that we can win? I certainly I'm, I'm hopeful in that way. Oh, that's really interesting. So, so you, you're someone who's been on, um, you know, the front lines of many discussions. You know, it was Black Lives Matter. You were one of the faces that people turned to to try and, and explain the idea. I mean, people were like, is this anti-cop? Is this anti-white people? Is this anti everything that is not black. And you had to speak on that. And, you know, uh, you've spoken out uh, on many issues. You, you, you've seen yourself as somebody who wants to speak about what's happening in the world. The book is about a combination of two things. It's you and your personal life. Yep. And then the world that we now live in today. How do you think who you are as Doreen McKesson affected how you see the world today? 
Yeah, you know, it was important for me to talk about some of the personal stuff. I've never written about being a gay black man in the movement or in the world. I write about that. My mother left when I was three, came back when I was 30. Right. I write about these things because they shape the way that I think about memory, the way that I think about identity. But then I write about some of the stuff that you'd expect, right? Like the police, the protests. I'll ask you, uh, name something you can buy for $300. Name something you can buy for $300. Uh, seven copies of Madden. <laughs> Today, in Florida, theft over $300 is a felony, and if you become a felon, you permanently lose the right to vote, which is wild, right? But when people think about felons, they think that everybody like robbed a bank, right. killed 10 people. Right. But it's like, imagine like losing the right to vote as an 18-year-old because you like stole seven, seven copies? Yeah. Seven copies. Well, not me, not no. me. No, not me. <laughs> seven but yeah. copies of Madden. Right, and you, you know what's That's funny wild. is, you talk about all of these things, like there's a section in the book here where you really go into the statistics. And what's interesting is when you're talking about police violence specifically, you speak about police violence across the board. So it's not like a, like a black issue, you just go Americans. This is how many American people have been killed by the police. And you have a year where a thousand people were shot by the police, which is a, a high number for any country in the world. And then you see a disproportionate number of that amount of people being black as yeah. well. What was even scarier was that these statistics weren't being counted in any way, shape, or form. If you get killed in this country and a newspaper doesn't write about you, you literally don't exist in the database because the government doesn't keep the data. So we know the rainfall in Missouri in 1830 and literally don't know anything about police violence in the past year. That's sort of while a third of all the people killed by a stranger in this country is actually killed by an officer. Like one in 11 homicides in California is actually committed by an officer. So this is like a big, it's a big deal. And part of the, the data work we did was like myth busting. You know, black people right. are actually more likely to be unarmed and not threatening somebody than any other person who encounters a police in a violent situation. That's like, people don't know that stuff. So we wanted to like lay it bare so people could not perpetuate these myths about the movement. Now, when, when you look at the myths around the movement, I mean, you cannot escape the conversation and the narrative that's happening now. Colin Kaepernick, the NFL, the Nike commercial that comes out, um, Colin came out and said, hey, I'm protesting uh, injustice, uh, you know, at the hands of police in this country. People then said, no, what you're protesting is America and the troops and the anthem. Do you think that there is another way that he could have protested? Do you think that there is any way for black people to protest in America that's acceptable? You know, it doesn't seem like it. It's like, we just stand outside and people are like, you're threatening. It's like white people in Charlottesville were like pushing the police. They were like pushing them. Like, if I'd done, done that, I'd be like an in memoriam sort of moment on the Daily Show right now. Like pushing the it's police. It's just a tombstone with your vest. Yeah, that is like, <laughs> If I, like, push the police, right. people, it would be a wrap, you know? But, like, they get to do all that stuff. I think that what, what's interesting about Colin is that he's just talking about simple truths. Colin is literally, like, racism is real and present. And people are like, oh, my goodness. And you're like, that's sort of what he said. And right. he, he's saying that we shouldn't play, uh, like, musical chairs with the status quo. We should actually, like, change things at the root. That's, like, what Colin's saying. That's not dramatic, that's sort of basic, you know what I mean? So have you, find, have you found a way to protest in a way, like have you, have you ever protested and found somebody on the other side saying, oh, now that I've seen you protest, I, I understand what you're saying, or do you find that the protest just incites more? Like what, what is the purpose of your protest then? I will say now I'm like pretty chill about the way I talk about it. So I was at something not too long ago and this guy, he's like, I read chapter three, he got an advanced copy, he goes, Dre, are you saying the police should never kill somebody? And I say, do you have any kids? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, when should the police kill your child? 
And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, I don't know either then, right? Like, part of it is like, how do we put the work back on other people to have to grapple with this stuff? Right. Like, I'm not here to give speeches all day. Like, I'm here to help us think about these issues. And, you know, I talk about in the book, some of the laws, like in California, there's a law that says that any investigation of an officer that lasts more than a year can never result in discipline regardless of the outcome. You can love the police and think that doesn't make sense. In Cleveland, they destroy police officer disciplinary records every two years. You can love the police and think that that doesn't make sense. Right, you know? right, right. That's a, that's a, it's an insane story, and honestly, what I loved about the book was the combination of the dates of the anecdotal stories and this journey that you are on. Where to from here? I've always wondered, do, do, do you see yourself running for office? Do you see yourself as always just being in the activist space? Like, what is, what is DeRay's dream? Ah, hopefully, I look back on this, I'm like, we won, right? I'm like, we changed all these right. laws and policies. That's what I want. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out B-Day, because it is Beyonce's birthday as well today. <laughs> that it is. That it is. And, uh, rumor has it that Beyonce kissed you on the stage at the ESPN. No, I would, I would have, like, I That's handed her a thing when they were honoring Colin Kaepernick, and she was just nice, like, hello. And then people were like, you kissed Beyonce! <laughs> I was like, I did not kiss Beyonce. I would have remembered that and I would not have washed my cheek like you don't wash the vest. That's what I... <laughs> I'm messing with you, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it so much. On the other side of freedom, a really fantastic book is available now. Duray McKesson, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.